0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Good. My uh, my neck is fine. My body's fine. Uh, My pride is, however, uh, not intact at the moment. (laughs) Uh, Well, good morning, Takeover Church. How we doing yo can we just give it up for our I know we've highlighted them already but our amazing serve crew who makes church happen they get here they get here early they set things up they make sure things are working I mean come on I rolled in at 8 a.m. sharp and my man Roger who is shadowing in the booth so he can learn how to help out in sky Bible he met me here right at 8 come on somebody this church is it's not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And I am so grateful to be a part of a church just like that. Amen. Well, fantastic. This morning, we are continuing our series, This Is Us. This is not my water bottle, however. Does anybody know who this is? All right. Well, I'm not going to, it's, uh, that, but that's, but it has... Zero to do with the COVID has everything to do with my uh, own particular idiosyncraticies uh, outside of here. And I know it's idiosyncratic and idiosyncrasies. I was waiting for Adrian. Um, (laughs) He who finds a wife finds really good grammar, spell check, and a good thing. Amen. That is what our Bible tells us. But this morning we are continuing our series, This Is Us. And I know, I know, I think we're on week six or seven right now. And I got to be honest, I don't know when this series is going to end. Because, legit, there's just, we will never outgrow what heaven is trying to tell us. We will never outgrow what heaven is trying to tell us. We will never reach a point where all of a sudden it's time to just change what the trajectory and the purpose and intentionality of a Christian's life is for. I'm sure at some point we will go to a different series but for right now man i am just convinced that in this hour in this time in our life in our cities man christians are in desperate need of purpose desperate need of knowing what god has intentioned for their lives he didn't number the hair on your head without reason okay he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us and i'm convinced today I am absolutely convinced that we live in a day and age where more Christians walk away from the faith, they remain idle in their faith, or they die physically (laughs) before they ever get to that deep end of the pool with God. And I'm not talking about deep as in like, let's go get weird, you know, for six hours of the day. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that God is crying out to us. Our Bible tells us deep cries out to deep there is more with God he has so much more for our lives but so many of us we either walk away or we pass away before we ever experience the more with God the way that he planned for you to experience it in this life not just in the next and so this is us as a series all about taking us from the mundane to going after the miraculous are you ready yeah. fantastic well this morning if you're taking notes, my note taker's at Oh, teacher's pet. Come on. I like you. I like you. You get a shirt and you get a shirt and you get a shirt. Well, praise God. This morning, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Ready? When You Pray. When You Pray. And we're going to check out what Jesus has to say about that very statement. Matthew 6, 5 through 15. It's only 10 verses. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible if you don't have your own Bible. But Matthew 6, 5 through 15, once again. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you in secret. And when you pray, do not heap empty praise uh, phrases as the Gentiles do for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father... We're going to pray, and we're going to see what God will do. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, you're just, you just love to dwell richly among your people. We're so grateful for that. We're so grateful that we're two or more gathered in your name. God, there you are in the midst of us, Father. So, God, as we lift up our worship and we lift up our prayers, as we give the word forth, God, as we lean into what you are saying to us in this moment, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into this place. And we open ourselves up because we are not content, God. We don't want to be found content. We want to be found like Christ. So move mightily in this room. In Jesus, my name, a whole entire faith-filled church is going to give God five seconds of praise right now said, amen. amen. Praise Him. Come on. One, two, three, four, five. Man, there's always something to praise God about. I'm never going to apologize for us doing that. When you pray, when you pray, okay, where do we want to go with this today? Obviously, in that scripture, we see that Jesus starts off and he repeats himself four times in that moment. And the reason I went with the scripture today and the reason I was feeling glad and the reason we called it When You Pray is because today I am convinced that Christians are completely missing out on the secret weapon to their faith, prayer. Matt, that sounds basic. Matt, that sounds like Christianity 101. Matt, we all know that we should pray, Yeah. We all know that we should pray. But are we always praying? Are we actually taking God up on this? You see, here's the deal, friends. We have a faith where we decided that, you know what, we heard the good news of Jesus. We bent the knee to him saying, it is better that I lead your life than you lead your life. I can redeem you. I can change you. I can transform you. Our entire belief, our entire way of life is predicated upon the fact that our God in heaven, our Father, He did everything He could in His heavenly power. Think about that for a second. God did everything that He could in His heavenly power to restore you and I to a place where we were just like Adam in the garden having perfect relationship perfect conversation perfect talk there was no distance there was nothing between us no longer was there a veil of sin separating us he tore that bad Jackson from the heavens on down and he made a way where there was no way for you and me to have salvation with Yahweh bars friends our entire faith is based upon the fact that our God through Jesus Christ did everything in his unlimited, bigger than our imagination, more than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine, anything that you and I could think up of, anything that we are capable of. He is so far beyond. And what he did was send himself in the form of his son to die our death, to pay our debt, also that he could have relationship with you and with me and yet somebody say and yet, yet. and yet <laughs> and yet so many of us believe leave god on red jesus is dead and yet we're found leaving god on red obviously jesus is reigning and ruling and resurrected friends on facebook which i hate someone will message you and it says, praise god and it says that you are now connected with such and such you could begin messaging you know for many of us we begin our relationship with jesus and we get the notification, it pops up in our soul, and it says today is the day you started a friendship, you started a relationship, you became connected with this man, Jesus. You can begin now messaging with Jesus, praying with Jesus, talking to Jesus, and yet we have left him on red. we've left it on open, we've left it on Received. What good is a gift, what good is a God, if he's only left on received, but never actually received? But this is how so many of us, we are living our lives in 2021. I mean, friends, come on. It's 2021, and how many of you know, if you're being honest, because my hand's about to go up, it's actually hard to follow Jesus my hands up and I'm a pastor it's actually hard to follow Jesus friends can I declare to you today can I submit this to you this morning in 2021 it's not only hard to follow Jesus it's even harder if you're not talking to him it's not only hard to follow Jesus in 2021 I mean because look at it everything in culture in the world in movies in the news in music in art all of it is almost simultaneously moving against the very name that we have bended our knees towards Jesus it's moving against him his ways his ideas his plan for your life it's all actively working against him and how many of you know it's hard enough to follow him it's even harder when all of culture is bent on destroying him man it's hard out here to follow Jesus but friends it is even harder If you are not talking to him, we have been asked, hey, drop your nets and follow me. Drop your pride and follow me. Drop your uh, career. Drop your ideals. Drop your ideas. Drop how you were raised. Drop whatever you are coming along with. However I found you, drop it and follow me. We are in a life where we are playing follow the leader, but it is impossible to follow a leader that we are not talking to. It is impossible to follow the leader that we don't converse with, that we don't have conversation with. How can we follow someone when we don't know where he's telling us to go? This is the life that so many of us lead. Could you imagine? Maybe you're married in here today. Maybe you're single. Maybe you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Could you imagine your relationship, what it would be, where you would end up if you never talked? Yeah, that's my wife. Y'all ever talk? Nah. Yo, that's my boo eh? hey girl. When's the last time she actually returned your text message? Six months ago. <laughs> Yo, I got Facebook and I got a thousand friends on here. Yeah, how many of them you actually talk to? I, I like their posts sometimes. And I guess the Jesus version of that is we like the verse on you version of the day sometimes but we don't talk to them. <laughs> Friends, I'm broken open for this message today. I'm going to be very honest with you. I feel like an alabaster jar that like God has just struck me. And he has poured me out into this message because, friends, I am brokenhearted for my generation. This is a plea. This is a call out. This is a shine the light on an area in our lives, mine included, friends, that we are in desperate need of not just growth. It's so funny that Zach was talking about this during team rally, but we are in desperate need of discipline in. How can we follow Jesus if we're not even talking to Him? I'm convinced today if you're not talking for Jesus, you're not living for Jesus. If you're not talking to Jesus, you are not following Jesus. You might claim to have a relationship, but a relationship without communication? It's not a relationship. It's a second cousin. It's a third cousin. That's an old roommate who moved out and bailed on rent. <laughs> yeah, I know him. Why <laughs> are you talking to him? Because you see Jesus in the scripture <laughs> when you pray when you pray god i love that i love that jesus you see here's the deal with jesus nothing was said on accident nothing happened on happenstance there is no waking up and just stumbling your way into a relationship with Him, into a relationship with the Heavenly Father, into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. There is just no tumbleweeding your way through the western side of the kingdom, and suddenly you're there and you have a great relationship. There's none of that. Because Jesus, He doesn't ever give suggestions. He gives commandments. Jesus doesn't just have good thoughts. He has God thoughts. He doesn't just say, this is probably how you should do things. He says, this is how you do things have you ever read in scripture where Jesus goes well you could have or you know what you should have done he doesn't there's no suggestions with Jesus there is only commandments and in this moment Jesus says to his disciples when you pray catch that when you pray what does that say when you pray what does that mean it's not a suggestion this has authority this is a commandment jesus is speaking to people who are no longer human you are now a new creation you are back to being made in the image of god you are perfect in his sights because jesus has covered you he has redeemed you and he has replaced you in relationship with god and he's speaking to the disciples the you's and the me's the whosoever shall bow their knees and profess that Jesus is Lord shall be saved. The yous and the me's, the whosoever's, the disciples. He says, when you pray. It's not a suggestion, this is a commandment. You see, as a disciple, as a reason he called him disciple, you see, a disciple, it's not a roadie. This, a disciple, they're not a groupie trying to use words that we'll understand for flakes, for people who only show up when they can receive something, who can only show up when the band's in town or the guys in town or the girls in town, the people who only dress up for that every six month occasion when you see that person, the people who are just thirsty. No, 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 you see a disciple. Disciple means one who is disciplined. Discipline in what? The ways of God disciplined in the ways of God. When Jesus says, you are my disciples, you and me, he is saying you are not just a convert because we weren't called to make converts. Jesus said, go into all the world making disciples of all men and women of the nations, not just converts, not just I raise my hand at the altar call at the end of service. No, people who are now disciplined in the ways of God. that's you, and that's me. When Jesus calls us his disciples, it's because he's calling us to leave our ways, to take on his ways. You see, but we live in a time and a place right now, friends, where we, Christians, some of us, we would rather disciple Jesus. We would rather Jesus be a disciple of Matt or a disciple of our favorite preacher. Or a disciple of our favorite movement that's going on right now. Whoever has the loudest microphone. We would prefer to Jesus fit in that box instead of his box. We would rather make Jesus a disciple of man instead of make Matt a disciple of Jesus. Friends, it don't work that way. It's his way. Or the highway. Literally. Well, okay, maybe there's not a literal highway, but you get what I'm saying. It's his way, not our ways. I'm not called to disciple Jesus. Jesus is called to disciple me. Jesus isn't called to be disciplined in the ways of Matt McClure. He, I am called to be disciplined in the ways of Jesus Christ. That is the mission, friends. And so when Jesus says, when you pray, he is speaking to people who understand the terms and agreements of the contract they have signed where they received everything in exchange for everything. So when you pray i love that because we live in a time and place right now friends we're christians we don't pray we don't pray i'm convinced if we did our lives our mental health our battles our day in day out struggles our confusion got so many situations and circumstances and heartbreaks and beat downs that we find ourselves in will just dry up if we return to being a people of prayer you have got direct access to the king Of the universe come on somebody the king of the universe you have got direct access to he that is he that was and he that will be again the great i am you have got direct access to your heavenly father and so when jesus says when you pray it's because his father expects to hear from his children our father expects To hear from the ones that he's rescued, the ones that he's ransomed, the one that he's redeemed, the one that he took full of sin and baggage and brokenness, doomed to repeat their lives and their problems time in and time out. He's pulled us from the fires of our own desires. And he expects to talk to his children. So Jesus says, When you pray, he says, don't pray like the Pharisees do. Don't pray like those religious people do, who are just out in public and spouting off empty phrases and platitudes just so that they would be heard. Just so that they would have attention, because I tell you, they have received their reward. Pause. Pause. You see, we got a lot of people. We got a lot of Christians. We got a lot of players on the field of eternity, okay? We're out here trying to put numbers up on the scoreboard. What will help is if we get the plays from heaven, okay? And in order to get the plays from heaven, we gotta be people and players of prayer, amen? And for some of us, we have allowed bad teaching on this scripture, bad theology on this scripture to stunt our prayer life. Let me break it down for you. Here's how it goes. Oh man, I'm in mire. This person's got a bum leg. This person's not doing well for whatever reason. This person looks whole, healthy, and complete, lacking nothing in Jesus' name, and yet God is drawing me to them to go and pray over them. I don't know what it is. Maybe I got a word for them. Maybe there's something going on that I just can't see on the outside. Maybe it's an eternal brokenness that they need prayer for. And yet, because of this scripture, because of bad teaching on it, not because of what it actually says, it's rendered the Christian inactive, the Christian in handcuffs, because we've gone, oh, I can't. I can't go and pray in public. I don't wanna go up there and just show up and take over the situation. We don't wanna do that at all. No, 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 we got bad teaching on this because Jesus here, he's speaking all about intent. How many of you know when God lays someone on your heart to reach out to and or pray for, especially in public, chances are you're not thinking about getting recognition or getting highlights or being awesome in Maya, you're going, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Even me, who's Mr. Loud and Obnoxious. It's true. You can say it. Bethany nodded her head in the back. That one cut deep. I thought we were friends, but you know what? It's okay. But we're not thinking about getting the public recognition. We're thinking about this is, this is scary. This is nerve-wracking. And what if this person cusses me out? What if they don't receive what I say? What if I pray and nothing happens? What if I don't see what I believe God is calling me to pray over right now and we have allowed this scripture there any children in here never mind don't worry about it but we've allowed bad teaching on this scripture to neutralize that's the word I was looking for I almost said neutered not gonna lie couldn't come up with neutralize to save my life I was like, no, is there children in here? Because I'm about to say something on accident. Neutralize. Neuter works too. But we've allowed bad teaching on this. When Jesus is speaking to intent, he's not speaking to the practice. He's speaking to the intent. He says, don't be like these Pharisees who spout off empty platitudes and empty phrases. Simply to get personal recognition, I promise you, he says, they will receive their reward in full... That recognition is their reward. Wow. I would rather have authority in heaven than accolades of man. So what does Jesus say? Glad you asked. He says, but when you pray. Come on, when he gives his disciples a commandment and when he opens our eyes and he shows us what we have on the inside of us, what his plan is for our lives. He says, when you pray, you're not like them. You're set apart. You actually know me and what you do because you know me is you go away, you go to a hidden place, you go to a secret place, you go and you get away, you come away with God and that's where you pray. And when you get away with God, when you go into the hidden place, what is prayed in the hidden place will be revealed in the public place. You see, friends... I really want to rest here. Because when is the last time? Honestly, don't raise your hands, okay? Don't raise your hands. It's no shame. This is a reevaluation. This is the chiropractor that we needed to go and see this week because I promise you, your spiritual life, your spiritual backbone, your spine will be so much more healthy for this message, for this idea. I know mine has, and it's been a wrecking me since Tuesday. When is the last time? that there wasn't something wrong, that there wasn't a need that needed to be met, that there wasn't some dire situation, and yet you still purposed, and you still planned, you still set apart, you still carved out time, and you still made an appointment to go and speak with your Father. When is the last time? You see, so often, friends, as Christians, as christians i would understand a gentile i would understand someone who doesn't know jesus i would understand an atheist or an agnostic when world comes crashing around them and somebody and they just go maybe there's something to this jesus guy anyway so they start going god if you're real i would understand them treating prayer as a last resort what i do not understand is for the christian prayer cannot be a last resort this has to be our permanent residency Prayer, friends, has got to be where we live. Prayer is not where we just pitch a tent for a season when we're going through it. Pitch a tent when we are going through the valley of the shadow of death. No, prayer has got to be our first language, not our last resort. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? If this was our first language, get past West Michigan. We got our own language here, don't we? You can tell by how we give directions. Oh, you go north. Friend, it is 2021. You think I know what north is? I grew up in the 90s. I know. up. (laughs) Prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle. It's not a Hail Mary. It's not a last ditch effort. Prayer has got to be a lifestyle. Friends, if prayer is a lifestyle, if prayer is a lifestyle, It'll be a place where we go with God, where we get away with God. If prayer is a lifestyle, we will open ourselves up to an environment where God can make us like him. Where God can make us like him. And no, I'm not talking about, you know, the ability to cause a tsunami or, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that so often... We go to God just like this, and we have our arms and our hands open, and we are asking to receive. When God is saying, come away with me, don't just open your hands, but open your life. Don't just ask to receive, but ask me to take. What would your life look like if we didn't just decide, I'm only going to go to God when I need to receive, but instead I'm making a daily discipline I'm making a point God come and take from me my hands aren't just open my life is open this is the secret weapon this is what the enemy fears enemy could give two craps less about a Christian that don't pray you want to know why because a Christian who don't pray ain't talking to the guy that calls the shots But a Christian that prays is dangerous. A Christian that doesn't need a reason to meet with their father aside from the fact that, guess what, he's my dad. And he rescued me and he ransomed me and he adopted me into a family that I could never earn to be. And instead, we live our lives just going, God, I need you to move and do for me that which I cannot do for myself. And he's going, I already have. It was on the cross. It was on the empty tomb. Now get away with me get away with me. Every question that we have, every concern that we have, Jesus just said, he already knows your needs anyways. Just get away with him. Come away with me. He already knows your concerns. Just hide away with me. I know that it's fun in 2021 to make fun of Christians who say the words like, go to the secret place. I was in my secret place. I was in my prayer closet. Friends, I want to make prayer closets great again. I want to make this secret place great again. I want to make this a place where David would go and dwell and we would see God move on Israel's behalf. I want to make this the place where Jesus could be led out into the desert for 40 days to be tempted and he just responded with scripture and scripture and scripture and promise and promise and promise and truth and truth and truth. I want to be led away. I want a purpose. I want to say, God, take me to that place. To that secret place where I can be with you and you can make me like you. So often, our prayer life, we're going, God, I need you to heal me. And he's going, come away with me. Come away with me. God, I need you to provide for me. I know. Come away with me. Let's go talk. Isn't that crazy that he already knows your needs, yet he wants you to tell him your needs? Isn't that crazy that he already knows what's going on in your body, but he would rather you come to him and say, hey, I've got something going on in my lungs. I've got something happening in my body. And, Father, I'm just coming— I need you to move in this situation. He's like, yeah, let's talk about it. It's not a negotiation. It's a conversation. Where your father, who is able to do exceedingly above all you can ask, dream, or imagine, is ready and willing to meet you in your very point of need. And all he's saying is, come away. Come with me. Purpose being hidden with me. You have got alarms set for every other activity in your life, Matt McClure, even when you need to post for church on Instagram, but do you have an alarm? Have you set an appointment? Have you made time? How how arrogant am I that the God of the universe has to come to me after he's done everything on my behalf, and he has to say, Have you made time for me? First of all, God, I don't mean to correct you, but you're the one who makes time. That's what you did. And you're right. I don't make time for God. I set apart time for God. If we live in such a way, we're going to live like the rest of the world, making time, trying to fit things in. I'm so grateful that God didn't go, man, I... Just trying to fit your salvation in at some point in time. You know Jesus, just go. How arrogant am I? 3 pm every day, post on Instagram for church. So you can get the good news out? Let everybody know what's going on. I'm posting for church, but am I praying to the Lord of it? <laughs> See friends. Like I said at the beginning of this message today, I said we were, we were not going to be people committed to the mundane, but we were going to be people committed to the miraculous. And friends, if you want to grow in miracles, if you want to grow in power, power must be first felt and deposited in the hidden before it is on display and revealed in public. Why? Because friends, our lives will always echo what takes place in the hidden our lives will always echo we got great sound deadening material in here will always echo what takes place in secret and friends i got good news and i got bad news for you that goes good or that goes bad Man, God, I just want you to use me in such mighty and powerful ways. Fantastic, Matt, Are you meeting with me in mighty and powerful ways? God, I just want you to use me for influence in Grand Rapids or in Whalen or in Rockford or wherever I come from this morning. God, just use me in mighty ways. Give me great influence in my city. Does God have great influence with you in the hidden place? God, I want to be able to give all of my time to my calling, all of my time to my ministry, all the time to my spouse, all my time to this, that, or the other thing. And God is going, how much time have you purposed with me? You want to live in power, but you're not even willing to go and bask in power. You want to to display the power of heaven in your city, in your marriage, in your house, in your family, wherever you're coming to me with. But you're not even willing to set apart time to seek the power of heaven. God's going, I want, there's a basketball somewhere. God's saying, I just want to get away with you. Come with me come away with me come and be made like me god i just want to know my purpose you'll we'll know your purpose when you hear my voice come away with me god what am i what on earth am i here for yeah i'll tell you come away with me god i've got questions 2021 is raising a lot of alarms there's a lot of confusion out there there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of uh, fake news and false truths and half truths and all these things people are claiming to have empathy but it's really just hurting people God what do I do and he goes I've got the answers to your questions come away with me let's pray let's talk Christians Christians today have gone and grown lethargic to prayer. We've grown lethargic to our relationship with Jesus. I like the U version Daily Verse. That's awesome. That's a great tool. But a great tool is no substitute for what God is able to do when you meet with him in secret. You see, friends, when Jesus says, when you pray, (laughs) when you pray, God, with all of Matt's mess, with my history, with the lies and the womanizing and the stealing and all of the things that I've done, all of the drugs or the alcohol or all the stuff that I got into, all of the pornography that I've crashed millions of computers with, all of the things that have happened in my past, in your past. And yet, the king of the universe says, come away with me. Christian, today, don't let your flaws or your brokenness or your dirtiness or your history or wherever you've been and found yourself with whomever Don't allow that to rob you of the prize of prayer. Prayer is a prize that you didn't win. Jesus won it for you. Prayer is a prize. It's one that you don't gotta wait till the end of your race to have. It is a prize. And he says, bring the mess come away with me. Jesus immediately following this, he teaches the disciples how to pray. How to pray. He says, "When you pray, pray like this." Pause. We just read it. First time I ever heard this. It was not in church. It was actually in my father's Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Well, you know what? I was probably supposed to be anonymous. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. They finished it differently because they didn't take the whole Bible. (laughs) I remember as a young boy hearing that in my teens. Radically changed my life. Because Jesus, he didn't intend for this to be some religious prayer that you recite every time you go to address your father. It's not. He says, when you pray, pray like this. This is a model. This is to give you an understanding. This was not to be so you could do some religious idea, get caught up in the monotony of religion or the works of religion. This was to show you how to begin a conversation with your father. If you have ever felt like this is how you're supposed to pray every single day, it's not. But you know what? If that's how you started, that's a pretty good place to start because that's a powerful prayer that our Jesus said. He says, our Father, I love that. You want to know why I love that? He says, when you pray, pray like this then. Our Father, I love that. Jesus, Son of God. Paul would call him later on, firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What's that mean? Our Father, you and me, his brothers and sisters. First thing Jesus points out to his disciples, people who are disciplined in his ways, people who are disciplined in the ways of Jesus know that they are siblings of Jesus. Our Father. There is power in our Father. He's not just my dad, but he's your dad. He's not just your dad if you know more scripture, if you have worshipped longer, if you worship harder, if you go to this church, that church, or wherever. He is not just... Jesus' father, or the holy elite's father, he is our father. And then he says this, he says, hallowed be your name. Who knows what the word hallowed means, right? Hallowed. If you've seen Sleepy Hallowed, that's not it, okay? it's not it. Hallowed. To be set apart, to be consecrated, to be holy. Hallowed be your name. Holy, holy is he. He that is what's. Our Father, hallowed be your name. See, we got to know who we're praying to because when you know who you're praying to, you'll know what comes with the prayer. You'll know what power is in there. He is holy. He is set apart. He is set above. But friends, can I declare to you today, just because he is set above does not mean that he steps aside. No, I need somebody to get that today. Because you are praying to the God who is set above your mess, above your circumstances, above your situation. But just because he is set above your situation does not mean that he will step aside for your situation. That means that he actually came and died so that he can step inside your life, inside your situation. He might be set above, but he died to be set inside and not aside. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? He reigns above it all so that he can rule in it all. That's who our dad is. That's who our father is. That's who Abba is. And he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Not Jesus' will, which he, he is God. He's fully God, fully man, powered by the Holy Spirit to be awesome, just like you and me he's God and yet he acknowledges his father's lordship and yet he acknowledges that God is still above it all How many of you know if Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray this, if Jesus is saying this in his own life, how more important is it that you and I are the ones saying this? God, your will be done, not my will. Before I was alive in Christ, I was fulfilling my will. I was doing what I wanted to do. And the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning, here's how you know. Here is how you know whether you are praying to receive or you are praying in relationship. Am I praying to receive, or am I praying in relationship? You want to know how you know? Do your prayers point to your will or his? Do your prayers point to your will or his? Am I building your kingdom come, your will be done in Grand Rapids as it is in heaven? Am I establishing the kingdom of God, or am I building the kingdom of Matt? What are my prayers actually attempting to accomplish is this to receive or is this to have relationship does this come to get or does this come to be am i praying to do or am i praying to dwell come away with me our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I am firmly convinced this morning, I am completely persuaded this morning that in Grand Rapids, as it is in heaven, will actually take place when Christians go from idol worship to a praying relationship. The kingdom of heaven comes to earth through one way. There is one stream there is one playbook there is one way that this earth is radically transformed by the kingdom of god and it will not be through christians who are idle but jesus followers who are prayerful not religious people who are idle but christians that are prayerful our father who are in heaven hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven once you know who you are praying to you will know what to pray for because jesus follows us up right And he says <laughs> he establishes who god is who the father is what he wants to do his motivations and then he says give us this day our daily bread give us this day our daily bread what does that mean? That means there comes a time in our conversation, in our relationship where I can ask for things. And it's like, yes, absolutely. Your father is a good father who loves good, good, uh, good. give good gifts to his children. It's good. Give us this day our daily bread. Am I praying in God's will for my life? Or am I praying in Matt's will for my life? Give us this day our daily bread. What does our daily bread mean? Our, let's go back to our. Our meant Jesus and all of us in the beginning of this. And it means Jesus and all of us in the middle of this. Our daily bread. What God will supply for Jesus, he will supply for you. What God will redeem in Jesus, God will redeem in you. Oh, this is a revelation this morning. It's not even in my notes. Holy crap. What God will do through Jesus, give us our day, our daily bread, God will do in you. The prayers that he answered for Jesus, he will answer in you. What is, whatever Jesus' daily bread has been will be your daily bread. Give us our day, our daily bread. Wow, what a word. And forgive us, this is important, forgive us our trespasses. Why is that important, Matt? Well... Because you don't just repent the one time. Well, <laughs> Matt, I thought remission was sin, was the bloodshed and the whole nine yards. I thought, I thought Jesus covered it all. I thought I repented the one time and then he just made a way where there was no way and all those things. I thought that's how it went down. It was, and it is, and it continues to be. That's exactly correct. But what you do not repent for him, you will be doomed to repeat. See, repentance isn't just confession repentance is a turnaround so we're acknowledging who he is and his lordship he's allowing us to pray and ask for things that he has already promised that he will supply to himself like we said last week our daily bread he will supply it for you just as he supplied it for Jesus if he can do it in Jesus he can do it for you if he can do it through Jesus he can do it through you but we have got some things in our lives that we still need to repent for, that we still need to ask forgiveness for, that we still need to shine a light on because if we do not repent for it, we will be doomed to repeat it. And how many know when you keep repeating sin, it becomes habitual. When it becomes habitual, it becomes shameful. And when it's shameful, it's shameful. Don't live that way. Forgive us our trespasses. What does that mean? That means that God has a sign up for areas in our lives that he says, no trespassing. Don't step on that property. It's not going to go well for you. Don't go into that person's home. It's not going to go well for you. Don't go into that area. It's not going to go well for you. You are going to do things in there that I don't want you to do. You're going to do things in there that will harm you. You're going to do things in there that will hurt you. And so when we go to God and we say, forgive us our trespasses. God, we've talked about it in the secret place. You've revealed to me this is my pride. This is my arrogancy. This is my issues. This is what I keep doing. This is my lying, my stealing, my thievery, whatever your situation may be that you are habitually stuck in. And you go to God and he says, Come away with me again. Father, forgive me my trespasses. Yeah. Talk to me about them. Tell me what happened before you went back in that yard where I told you not to go. What drew you to that fence? Come away with me. Let's talk about it. Why did you break into where I told you was off limits? For your health, for your mindfulness, for your spirit. Come away with me. Do you know what happens when you're in that secret place? God gives you an opportunity. Worship team, you can make your way up here. In that secret place, God offers you an opportunity. In that hidden place, there is a position available to you in an environment that is so disarming. God is already intimately aware of your innermost thoughts, of your innermost flaws of the things that you think about the people in your lives or the people who used to be in your lives or what you think of yourself, what your truest thoughts are for your marriage, where you're actually at. He is so intimately aware with these things and so when Jesus says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. What's that mean? It means the hidden place is a dirty place. It means it's a place where you get to come because it is the most disarming relationship you will ever have there is no placating there is no pretending there is no uh button mashing to try and put a cheat code in with god where you try and uh arrogantly bend the arm of the king of heaven and try to get him to do what you want him to do it's disarming there are no cheat codes in the hidden place with God, when you set apart your life and you decide this is going to be the time on this day where I get away with my father, in that room is where you can bring all of those burdens, all of those shackles, all of those thoughts, all of that hate, all of the sabotage and backstabbing, all of the things that have happened to you. And as you accept his forgiveness, as you become become washed by his forgiveness, as you receive his forgiveness, forgiveness he doesn't just take but he offers you the opportunity to lay down those that have trespassed against you and you can actually walk out the secret place free to love again free to hope again forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us then Jesus hits us with this lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Friends, God only gives what God has. A lot of us go, why is God tempting me this way? That's bad theology. God cannot tempt because God cannot lie. God cannot deceive because he has no deceit. When Jesus says, lead us not into temptation, He's actually correcting bad theology, but Christians, we walk away from this going, why is God leading me to this hard place? Why is God leading me into this path of temptation? Why did he put this person in my life? Why did he put these feelings in my heart? Why did he lead me? Why are you tempting me, God? You think right now is the first time mankind has ever had that thought because we didn't know God? Funny how getting away with him would actually let you know his heart funny how grabbing your Bible and positioning yourself and placing yourself in a place where you seek after him and his truth for your life will let you know the character of God. And he's saying, come away with me because I don't lead you to temptation. I lead you beside still waters. I don't deceive you. I deliver you. That's who our God is. And Jesus is saying to the Pharisees at the time who were being dumb and religious, and he is saying to his boys, his disciples, discipline in the ways of Jesus. Your father, our father, he doesn't lead us into temptation. No, no, no. What he does, the same thing that he did to me in the desert, and it's the same thing that he did for me in the empty tomb. He delivers us from evil. There are so many things in our lives that if we were disciplined in prayer, they would dry up. I am convinced that we quit the race too soon. We don't finish it out. We don't get to the place where we hear, well done, good, and faithful servant. We might get let in, but what does being in look like for us? I believe is gonna be completely predicated upon what God is able to do through us and what God is able to do through us in the earth will only come by way of prayer. jesus right now he says these three powerful words when you pray when you pray this is the expectation if you would rise to your feet right now we're about to sing a song called breakthrough Breakthrough comes from a word in the Old Testament called Baal Parism, which means the God of bursting through, the God of breakthrough. And that is his heart, and that is his character. And there is a secret place, a hidden place, a private place where he invites every single one of us to come away with him, to get away with him. Our flesh, our world, our culture, our sin, our dirtiness is all saying, go away from God. And God is offering us to get away with God. And it's in that getaway where he presents himself, the God of bursting through. So this is an invitation. As the band begins to sing, let's enter into that hidden place. You see, friends, church right now, musicians, worship leaders, other pastors, other leaders who got here at 8 a.m. to make things happen, today, church, this is a moment in time that takes place, and you can feel the presence of God in the room, can't you? That's not emotionalism. That's not because I'm revving you up in some way. The presence of God is actually thick in this place. The power of God is thick in this place. And that's because there are followers of God who have purposely positioned themselves to seek after the power of God in private. And they decided to bring that private experience with God to church today. So right now, if you need breakthrough? We got prayer in the back. If you need to hear the small still voice of God, we're going to sing. And if you just need to say, right now, I'm going to begin to position myself. God, you have my word as your son. You have my word as your daughter. Father, Holy Spirit, give me the conviction to keep this. Because it's the cry of my heart today that I would meet with you every day. Worship team. Church go to that secret place right now um, i